you can tell where you're going wrong. The squares will tell you if you're going wrong. And make sure before you take these squares off your reference picture that your picture that you've just drawn is as accurate as you can be. You're listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hi, Steve. Thanks for coming up and seeing me in person, just for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had to come up anyway, and it was lovely. We had a lovely trip up, Mum and me, and I love love coming up on a fast train up to Ebbsfleet and then we get a bus from there so it was it's great we love it yeah I was just nice trip out. how nice it is it, it's strange isn't it if if we'd got a car and come up by car I would have said my mindset would have been I can't wait to get there all the hassle of the traffic and all the things that uh, used to start to annoy me as I got older uh, but on a car on a, on a train I was reading my book and the bus ride isn't that uh, long from uh, Ebbsfleet to here. I thought, what a lovely journey. And it's much nicer. It makes yeah. more of an event of it. Yeah, stress-free. Oh, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Good. Well, it's nice for you to come up. and Nice, nice to see you both, both here. And we can do a podcast in person, which that's is nice. Right. Yeah. So this week we're going to talk about uh, a few of your emails that have come in. As with the last few weeks, we've been tackling different subjects and... Uh, a few of the emails today are going to lead us on to some interesting topics mm, of discussion. Mm. So let's start off with uh, the first one, which comes from Carolyn. She's, she says, painting, a short-furred, uh, painting short-furred cats and dogs in pastel pencils is easy, as long as I stay with the head and neck. However, when it goes to the shoulders, I'm having trouble drawing long fur on a cat that has a tan undercoat and a white top coat. Um, I'm self-taught and I've read and watched drawing videos religiously, but this stumps me. Any suggestions? Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Uh, the short fur is quite easy. It's when you get the long fur, because mm. it interwines, if you think about it. You've got all the different colours. Even if you've just got a white cat or just one colour cat, you've still got the same problem. You've got to intertwine it. And the problem with the pastel pencil is you're working from light to dark or that's the premise anyway. And so what you've got then is uh, the, the, you've got to work the lights. You, in an ideal world, you would work the lights over the top, On of, top the of the tan. That would colored, be ideal, yeah. wouldn't it? But it doesn't work quite as easy as that. So what you've got to do with long fur is you've got to think about what colour is the end result. What do I want? And if you want a light colour, like the white, but you want a tan, is that right? The tan undercoat. You can't do it that way round. So that's a non-starter. So what you've got to do is the other way round by putting the white on first. That's the first thing that goes in. Then you've got to think, okay, now I'll put the tan on. I know I'm doing it the wrong way around. I know the tan should be underneath, but it won't work that way. So then you put the tan in. By putting the tan into that, you then do it in such a way that you get as close as you can to the kind of result you're going to get. And you will get it. There's no Because even if you say, well, yeah, but some of the tan is darker than others, so how do I get it if I'm putting it on top white? You just use a stronger colour. For instance, if you were doing, 
if it was like an ochre, uh, a ready ochre, 187, just put 187 into the equation, you put the white on, and even a little bit of ivory would be a good idea if you're going to use a tan. Then you put the 187 intertwined with the white, making it look as close as you can to the end result. On those darker areas, you then can put 283, say, on top of... And what's 283? 283 is a dark, dark. It's a dark burnt sienna, which is like a dark 187, really. And then you put that in to the very dark areas. That will give you the depth. So there you've got three tones. You've got the lighter colours, you've got the uh, medium colours, and you've got the darker colours. And then you can use them. The wonderful thing we've got now is the, is the colour shaper. You can use the colour shaper like a, a pencil, really. You can, you can shape it. You can shape the colours. Now, what you'll end up with is a little bit of uh, dull. It will it'll look a little dull. But what you've got to try to do is, is by using the colour shaper, you've got to uh, use it in such a way that the tan and the white keep as separated as they can. Yeah, so they Otherwise, don't mix get, and get muddy. You'll get one complete mess of it. You've got to work at it. I, I didn't say this was easy, did I? No. <laughs> Because <laughs> it isn't. It isn't, no. Um, so, but once you've done all of that, then you can sharpen your white pencil and you can actually overlay that. I was going to say that. Which can you've you seen go back me do many, over many the times. top because you've put the white underneath. That's right, because you've got the white underneath. And it works. So and you're sort of, you're cheating it in a way by going white, tan, white, mm. possibly. And, then mm. it, and that's enough to give the impression mm. that there's... Well, interesting enough, and this is slightly, slightly uh, away from the subject. Uh, I'm going to do very soon now. I'm going to be doing a girl's arm. Now, this arm is going to have a white um, chiffon effect across it. Now, it's the same same idea. What do you do first? How do you... Yeah, do you do the arm first and the white... Because the, the white, white over won't the go top? over the top, will it? Exactly. So what do you do? You put the white on first. Got me? Right. And then you put the arm colours... Into the white. Into the white. I, I guarantee... Well, I know because I've done it before. You would, It will look like... Especially if you put the white back over the top again. It will look, it will look like, like you've like put the arms underneath. It will look like you've put those other colours on. Is yeah, that, right. that that can confuse people because I know if they don't know what you've just said exactly. But there's no other way of doing it. If you try doing it the other way with a pastel yeah. pencil, it won't work. Mm. Um, if you're doing it in soft pastel, you'd have a better chance because soft pastel higher pigmentation, so you could actually drag it across. Um, but the effect that you get with the pastel pencils is stunning. It's better than if you would use an oil or if you use acrylic, which you can overlay. And much better than watercolour, which you couldn't do. You'd have to do it the similar sort of way, even with watercolour. Well, the, the pastel pencil. The soft pastels make it a, li- a little bit more smoother, whereas the pastel pencil gives it that texture, doesn't mm. it? So especially mm. when you're doing like arms and, you know, mm. this chiffon thing over, well, you I would need use that both. texture. I would use both in that situation. Uh, I, I'll use the pastel pencil first and then I'll uh, enhance it with the the white pastel or the polychromos. Now, coming back to the tan question we had, uh, the tan fur, if you think of the same thing, that's how that's approached too. It's not easy and uh, and it never is, especially if you've got multicolours as well uh, that you're doing. Other colours in, in it fur, as well. Yeah, uh, but it works and... Uh, 
you've only got to look back on all the videos. And I would suggest that, uh, is it Carolyn? Carolyn, yeah. yeah. Carolyn, I suggest she does that. Look as many videos as the, the lion comes to mind, the black and white spaniel comes to mind. All of these are using the same techniques, the techniques that I've, that I've explained to you. Great. Okay, great question. Thanks for sending that in. The next one comes from John. Hi, Stephen. I am having trouble taping my paper as advised by Colin. I've tried a few different makes but struggled to remove it without tearing the paper. Can you tell me which tapes you use and how long you keep it on, etc.? Also, I'm having difficulty signing pastel, uh, signing on pastel. Can you please advise? Now, these are, these are great questions. These are really good questions and it take me a little while to answer them. First of all, the paper side of it. Uh, when you tape, if you use masking tape, which I generally do use, it is easier to remove than if you were to wet it and, and use the uh, brown tape. You, that's virtually impossible to remove. You can't. You have to cut. And people have seen me with my watercolours. I have to cut the paper out. And you leave the tape on the paper. Very thin. Wouldn't matter. Uh, but it would if you did the same thing with the masking tape because masking tape's thicker. And if you were to mount a picture like that with masking tape on it, the masking tape would push it slightly away from the, the mount and you get a line there, mm. a shadow line. You can't do that. So you've got to get rid of it. Now, I've showed uh, quite a few times how I remove the tape from a picture. You literally take it and drag it away from the picture. Otherwise, if you just willy-nilly just go straight down, you're likely to rip the paper. Mm. and that would be devastating so what we're doing here really we're we're pulling it away very gradually now you will find some of the pastel paper uh, comes off with it 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 depends on the tape the the better quality tape you have the more chance you've probably got of that because it's going to be stickier because it's stickier yeah that or, or put another way the stickier the tape the more chance you've got that of happening. And also, and I would say, and another point that John mentions, how long do you keep the... If you had that tape on for a month, for instance, it would be quite difficult to get off. If it was on for two months, it would be even more difficult to get off. So what I'm saying is the longer that tape is on there, the more difficult it's going to be to remove. It will always come off. Hmm. But... um, it's it is a, a little problem that you've got there, but it, you're only going to take that the you're you're not going to rip the paper completely. You're just going to take the top surface of the paper off. If you're using our ongre, for instance, uh, you you'll find you just take a little bit of the top surface, and that's not going to matter because it's going to go and drop behind a mount hmm. eventually. So it doesn't really uh, matter that much. So carefully tear it away from you, tear it away well, from the well, picture. Well, watch again. I've done it several times and uh, maybe, Steve, it might be an idea to find a couple of those and put them as... Um, a short clip. A short clip somewhere. as a trouble, troubleshooting clip mm. somewhere because it, it, that might come up again or it, other people may have found the same problem and think, well, oh, I'd like to see how Colin does that. Um, one of the clips i can give you that we've got is when i did the autumn mist you remember the autumn mist with the two little characters and the dog that showed the end and it also showed steve you you, another point that uh, john's mentioned is the signing signing because i signed that picture as well i don't sign many but i did was did sign that because i was showing people how i signed it and now coming to that question then how do you sign 
Um, with a, I've always been uh, a, uh, mindful of the fact that you should use the medium that you're using. If I'm using a watercolor, if I'm drawing, painting in watercolor, I use watercolor as my signing uh, tool. If I'm using pen and ink, I use pen and ink. If I'm using pastel pencil, I use pastel pencil. If I'm using soft pastel, I use pastel pencil. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't do it. <laughs> Just be a mess on the, top, on the corner. Yeah. But uh, basically, you're, you're using pastel pencil now. What you, how do you do it? Well, then, one of the things that uh, you have to do is have a sharp pencil. That's the first thing. But not needle sharp, because if it's needle sharp, you'll break it as soon as you put it on. Mm. A little bit of pressure. And I use a colour suitable as well for instance if you've got a lovely uh say you were using the fox comes to mind you know when i was, did the fox picture very recently um i used a dark um i think i used a 175 which is a sepia for that the reason i had to use that was because it was going over a grass area but what you can do there you can be you can cheat a little bit because if you then choose an area uh, bottom left corner or the bottom right hand corner are my favourite areas, never in the middle I've seen that done, looks awful in the corner is ideal but not right in the corner usually about a quarter of an inch up and off to the side so that it's actually easier to um, to see also you're going to be framing the picture potentially that's another mounting thing. it yes and that's another thing if you are going to, if you intend it's something you'd think about actually if you if you're going to frame your picture then you really want to work out where the frame is going to or the mount is going to be before you before you sign in fact uh years and years ago when i i was doing it for people and commissions i used to mount it and then sign it afterwards mm. but anyway let's come back to the, uh, the 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 fox one thing you can do if you decide you're going to do it say in the bottom right hand corner you can use a putty rubber and just remove some of the pastel ah. very lightly. Yeah. Once you've done that, you can then use, say, uh, an ivory colour shaper and just make good it. Blend it in a bit. Slightly. Don't overdo this because it's going to look odd if you do. Yeah. You're, going have a, you're going to have a patch in the bottom right-hand <laughs> corner. So you've got to be careful there, but you can do it very carefully and very gently. So what you're doing is removing some of the pastel from the area you're going to sign. Just a very tiny bit. Then you're going to smooth it slightly so it, it's not you rough. can get away with it. And then you sign with a sharp-ish suitable pencil. Now, I've, I've used 175 for that. My favourite pencil to use is 273. Uh, no, 283, sorry, 283. It, it, that is if I've got ochres in the picture. If it was a grey dog, I'd use probably... I could use black. If you've got a very dark 181 or black, if it's a very dark picture. So if you're using, if it's a uh, a, a warmer toned picture, you'd mm. go with a 283, sort of an, a darker ochre colour. And if it's a cooler looking mm. picture, you'd mm. pick a like a, uh, a 181 or a That's black. Right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is set in stone. I think people have got to work, work it out for themselves what would look best. But certainly you use the medium that you're using in our, in our cases. What, what if you've got pencil. a dark background? Ah, that's a good question because you really have got a problem then if you've got a dark background. I would use a white. 
but how is it going to go over them? It will go over if you do the same thing. If you do what I just so suggested. With the putty rubber? Yes, with the putty rubber. Take okay. some of the pastel off. Smooth uh, it. And then smooth it so it doesn't look as though it's a patch. You've just got to remove some of the pastel, that's all. Because it's the pastel that affects the colour you can put on. And then the white will register. The, the white will go, or, or a light grey, even a light grey, 230, 270. That would work on top of a very, very dark colour. Mm. Uh, I'm not really in favour of that as much as I am a dark signature. I prefer a dark signature. So I, it's very rare that you'll find me... You'll actually, sign a dark paint, a dark background, you mean? I wouldn't be able to, you know, you wouldn't be able to use a dark background. You wouldn't be able to sign a dark background with a dark. No, signal. no, I mean, so do you, would you steer away from signing a dark colored picture with a, a light colored pencil? Would you sort of just not mm, sign it? No, if I had to, I would have to, but I try not to have dark pictures. I yeah. try to have some light, light areas so I can find the light area. You, sometimes you've got to work it out. You've got to work out ahead of time. Mm. A lot of my pictures, as you know, I don't necessarily sign because they're not going to be at the moment anyway they're not going to be for sale mm. they are just being stored away for another time but the, the one i've done i've just finished a, a picture which was for somebody and that's that you side that. and i actually show it being signed as well that particular one um great so i i, I think it, i think it's a very it's a very good question that i did tell you right from the beginning and the two really really good uh, questions mm. but i think i've sold them I think so too. Great. Thanks, John. The next one comes from Claudia. Now, Claudia sent us a picture she'd done and she writes, Hi, Steve. I just wanted to share this recent drawing of one of our Persian cats. I shared it with the community a while ago, but I also wanted to share it with you and Colin. Uh, I hope you will like it. I am happy that I have finally found the courage to try a portrait of one of our own pets, as I've always had the dreadful fear to fail and never gave it a try. I've used pastel mat for this and I only have Colin to thank for allowing to make one of my dreams come true, being able to portray one of our beloved pets. The line drawing was done using the grids first and then freehand, slowly adjusting the proportions. I thought you'd enjoy seeing it. Thank you, Claudia. And we did enjoy seeing it. I definitely did, yes. Brilliant. That was great. Um, What's nice about that is it puts quite a few little points, first of all, square drawing, which uh, Claudia and... Most professional people would use some kind of drawing aid now. Uh, they won't tell you that, but they do. But I tell you, I use square drawing, and Claudia has used it here uh, to really, really great effect. But what I did like, what she said, and I also use freehand. Now, that's important, because just using square drawing is fine, but to use square drawing and get the proportions right then you've got quite a lot of artistic license to work within that to just change slightly i know when i'm using uh, when i'm using user square drawing and i'm using uh, i'm going around eyes for instance i either make them a little bigger or a little smaller or, or whatever i can change things like that mm. rather than just stick to what you see in the photograph which you're doing um, and other theories you can be, and the people have seen me do it when they see the finished picture on the board. I usually, not always, but uh, certainly I do it when uh, not on camera. I then redraw slightly, and people have seen me do this on some of the pictures. I redraw it slightly, so it gives me a better, um, 
it gives me a better feeling towards the picture. It also makes it our own. Although you've used a drawing aid, you've only used it for the proportions. You can then um, enhance that by your own freehand work. Mm. And this is what Claudia's done. And the other thing that she said there, the, the picture itself is stunning. And I'm sure people who would have seen it uh, on the community site is a stunning picture but the one thing she said there is it took her a little while to have confidence to do a picture and I totally agree with that when, you're, when you've got something that you want one of your family members maybe or your pet dog or your pet cat or your pet horse or whatever you do <laughs> um, you're going to hesitate because you think, what if I make a mess up of this? And you're quite right to think that, because one of the things you don't want to do is fail at anything like that. So the best way of tackling it is to do is to wait until you, you're sufficiently experienced and understand the principles of the beating that you're using or principle of drawing. And then um, go down the road of the square drawing side too because once again this is giving you confidence you know by you've got it as as accurate and proportioned out as best you can mm. then go for it yourself um but wait until the time is right do lots and lots of pictures before you start that which is what claudia's done but she must have felt well you know i've done a lot of work now and and we've commented on her pictures and said how well she's doing. So she's had a lot of confidence for us as well. And she said, okay, I'll give it a go. And she's obviously done a fantastic job, and the, that email is testament to that. Um, I've done it myself. When I first started, I drew your mum, and I drew Vicky, you know, your sister. And But I'd done an awful lot of work before I even took that on. And I'd done a lot of portrait work before I took that on. And I think it's probably as it must be even more difficult if you're doing it for somebody else. If somebody's asked you to do a portrait, that's even more scary. So you've really got to be sure that you've got enough confidence to do it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, how do you know, like, and, you know, what kind of pressures are there if someone you know if someone says can you do you know a picture of me or you want to do one of your kids or your wife or your husband Mm, or whatnot mm, mm. there's a certain amount of pressure Mm, that mm. you're going to put on yourself to get that right absolutely right and also and Mm. also how do you create their personality with a pet as well the same thing you know Mm. she she managed to create a really accurate representation she said Mm. of her her, of, of her cat so how do you do how do you ensure that you get that personality all right well let's pick that a part of it because first of all um i've already mentioned square drawing that's the first thing you you would do you would have to do that if you tried doing something freehand you'd be in a hopeless mess and that's when the stress would start so what you're doing with with square drawing you're on safe ground to start with so your drawing itself is on safe ground you can tell where you're going wrong the squares will tell you if you're going wrong and make sure before you um, take these squares off your reference picture that your picture that you've just drawn is as accurate as you can be then remove it now what you've got basically is uh, a picture haven't you that that is representative of the subject you're doing but you've got to color it now this is where again i come in to the fact that you really have to have some experience it's no good 
starting like that, never done anything before, and said, "Ah, oh, now what pencil do I use? Do I what color do I use underneath?" I mean, you you've got to, be, you've you got to have that. You've got to have knowledge. some experience yeah. to start with, but then you just draw on that experience, Dave, and you relax. Now, this is comes to the stress bit. You're bound to be stressed up. You're bound to feel. But the most important thing is to be relaxed. If you're relaxed, you're you move into another zone. You've talked. I've talked about this before. You you move into another, and you relax, and, and you say to yourself, "I'm really going to enjoy this." After all, no one would see that picture. No one necessarily needs to see the picture if it all goes pear shaped. Uh, you can just um, shelve it. But it won't work that way because by the very fact that you've already got a picture on the chocks that is uh, all the proportions are correct. So you've just got to fill it in, really. And so relax and then just use, draw on as much of the experience as you can to do the picture. Now, people like Claudia will be listening to me and saying, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did, Colin. People who are thinking about doing that wouldn't really know those feelings but they're there and you just got to you've just got to relax and enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it and you don't relax i don't think you're going to get to that personality bit you were talking about because that's the bit you're familiar with you know you know the animal you already have the animal in your head and if you just keep going somehow or other i don't even know how the mechanics work myself but i know it does I think there's a science behind this as well with with that and what we've talked about before in when you go into another zone. There mm. is a science behind it. I think it's to do with um, when you go into that sort of meditative mm. state of, you know, really enjoying and being involved with your art, mm. that your brain waves slow down. That's right. Uh, and you, you are calmer, aren't you? It's kind of like, a, mm. like, you, do, like you would do in meditation. Mm. And I think that's when you subconsciously draw on the feelings that you get. Because mm. especially if you're drawing a person or, or an animal that you mm. love, mm. you're going to draw on feelings of how that person or animal makes you feel and the mm. feelings you get from that. And then that subconsciously will come into the, the picture, Absolutely. would you say? Absolutely. And the other thing that I would also do and suggest people do is only work on the area they're working on. For instance, if you're doing the eyes, focus on the eyes, just just the eyes. I know when you see me work a picture, I do the surround of an eye first. I always do that, and I, I like to do it that way. That's my way of doing it. Not everybody would do it that way. But I do it because it gives me a frame, a framework within to work. And once I get that framework, then I concentrate on the eyes, and I focus on the eyes. I don't complete them. I, 90% of the eyes completed at that stage because I very often return. And I think that's important that you can do that. Then I move on to the next bit, maybe the nose or whatever, whatever picture you're doing. And concentrate on one section at a time. If you try to do it all and you have it all in your head and you try to do it all at once, you're not going to work that way. It, it doesn't, for some reason, it won't work. You'll have a, you'll have a representation because it's, you've already done the square drawing, so it's going to look a bit like your animal. But you've lost out on the focus points that i'm talking about focus on the eyes focus on the ears focus on the fur that's how i do it as i say i can only explain to you how mm. i do it and i'm sure other people like claudia would do the same thing 
Don't try to do it all at once. Just focus on those areas. Mm. That's good. That's good. Excellent. That's a really good question, Claudio. And it's something that we, we, mm. we thought would be a really interesting topic to talk about, especially doing your own. Mm. Well, it brings up a lot of points, doesn't people. it? And it gives us something to talk about as well. Because there, there, there are things that go through people's minds, Steve. You know, when they've got this, when they're, they're doing artwork. I mean, I've said it so many times, and I'll, I'll keep repeating myself. Uh, this is for fun. We're supposed to be doing it for fun and enjoying ourselves. And in, in so doing, that's when you get all the benefits. You get the benefit of the relaxation. You get the benefits of achievement. And and, and on, 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 on. and on. Yeah. It's good for you. Health-wise, it's very good for you. <laughs> Look at me. It is, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you've got a question for the show, then go to colinbradleyart.co.uk and click on the contact page at the top and uh, send your questions in. Um, we may cover some more questions next week uh, or we may find something else to talk about. I'm week. sure we will. But we've always got something. And just today we uh, have put up the uh, mother and baby lamb, the, uh, the a new animal picture, beginner's picture for uh for you to learn for members of the website to learn so if you want to sign up for a membership to colin bradley art go to colinbradleyart.co.uk and click the sign up page at the top our animals package starts at 5.99 a month and there's no contracts you can cancel anytime it's worth it just for the mother and the lamb oh it's a beautiful picture That's so much lovely. personality Do you know what? we're talking about personalities aren't we now everybody and i i defy anybody to say they don't love lambs and they always look forward to spring um well in this country we do where the little lambs are dancing around it moves everybody i can't think of a person i've ever spoken to that doesn't move so i thought wouldn't it be lovely to have and then i and i found this picture of the lamb with the mother now what people wouldn't wouldn't know is i wanted a contact between the lamb and the mum the, it didn't look as though there was one on the photograph that I had, so I stuck a tongue in. <laughs> I stuck a tongue in the little lamb. Just to, you might, you'll have to look for it, it's, but it's there, and it's just a, a little tweak. Yeah. <clears throat> Once again, you know, we talked about square drawing earlier on. That was square. I did the square drawing. I did the mother and the lamb, and um, I then tweaked it. To give that areas as well. contact, yes, and that gives a completely different feeling to the picture, right? Absolutely. So that's my little, uh, uh, you know, a good example. <laughs> good example, though. Absolutely. But it is a good example, and it brings back another. So what, this is what I because when I'm doing a picture like that, I enjoy it. Really enjoy myself when I'm doing them, and I think people realise that when they hear the commentary. And that's the whole idea of it. I'm enjoying myself, and in turn, others will too enjoy doing it because it's a cracking picture. And I love the fur. The fur. I uh, can imagine a lamb and a mum. Well, they, they don't have to imagine; they can see it. It's great fun to do, and I'm sure everybody's going to love that picture. And I guarantee one of your family members will say, "Oh, can I have that, mum? Can I have that, dad? Yeah. <laughs> can I have that, gran?" Yeah, yeah, you'd be knocking them out all left, right, and centre. You for could people. do, well, or or save you some time, make prints of it. <laughs> yeah, and or sign that. the prints. <laughs> take less time, wouldn't it? Good. Okay. Excellent. So uh, we'll call it a day there uh, for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. 
You've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast. Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk. 